Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, and that is the man, the myth, the legend, Kurt Souter of a lot of a lot of myth, brother. <laughs> Further Still Ministries, and uh, we do a little show here called Solid Steps Radio. And if you're finding us by accident, we hope you will come back. But we're a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. Uh, think of it as as the view for guys, right? You know, we're just going to sit around and talk about things from our perspective, and we have lots of lady listeners, and we love uh, the women that do the, the, listen. But we what did are, you what did you say? The view for guys? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's a wow. So think of it that way. That changes your whole perspective. Now you're not going to do the rest of the show. I because know. So we know that men can talk about sports, weather, and politics, but those things will pass away, and at the end of the time, they're not for eternity. I mean, we can mix that in there, but the reality of it is you were made by God in his image to walk with Jesus Christ. And if you're not, you're not fulfilling your destiny as a man fully. And we're not saying you're not a man if you're not walking with Jesus, but to, to be living in that, that destiny as a man that Jesus has to be in the equation, hence the name Solid Steps Radio. So we talk about all things that relate to a man's perspective, being a husband, being a father, and just being a man in general. So today's show is a show that many men will tune in to listen to and lean into because they find their identity in the topic of conversation that we're going to have today. Um, and one thing is that uh, if you were to go, and we're going to do some math, all right? How many hours are there in a year, listener? You're doing the math in your head real quick. 365 days, 24 hours. There's 8,760 hours from January 1 to January 1. Now, how many of those hours will you spend in a church? If you go to church every week and you go there for an hour a week to hear a sermon, you're going to spend about 50 to 52 hours a week in a church. If you double it and you're there twice as much, you're going to be there 100 hours a year in a church building. But how many hours will you spend at work? Now, 40 hours a week times 50 weeks a year, that's about 2,000 hours in work. So that sounds like we need to be investing a lot more time in our work in regards to time, but also maybe in regards to the kingdom. Yeah, you know, Chad, um, when you start laying it out like that in hours in a year and then in, you know, how long we're in, in Christian community and within the life of the church and going to worship and that kind of thing, and then uh, to, to really wrestle with that, how much time we are at work and how God wants to use us in, in our work. And so we have brought in some guys to talk about that. So we have Robert Hines. Robert, welcome to the show. Good to be here. And we got Bruce Zoller. Yes, I've been here before, but not, not on video before. You're looking, looking pretty decent. But the guy behind you is even more handsome. That's Daryl Davis. We got Daryl Davis coming in. Daryl's been on the show before, and we're going to hear from his perspective, at, for, you know, from ministry because we're going to talk about ministry and and business and how how do how do we work together and how do we advance the kingdom. My first question to you guys is, and I want to talk about this is, you know, there's different levels of our Christian lives uh, that we portray that we live out within the workforce. And we, uh, before the show even started, I, I mentioned, you know, a person who goes to work, let's say they work at Ford or Humana or, or wh wherever they work, if they're a teacher, they're a plumber, um, uh, they've, they, they don't lie, they don't cheat, they don't steal, and they work hard. And so I have fulfilled my Christian duty in the workforce. 
And Bruce, you said, uh, I, or maybe the, I, I'm not for sure who said this, but uh, there's there's probably more to that. But well, it's not probably would be my first comment. <laughs> is that it's not probably. I mean, we're we're Christians twenty four seven is where it starts. And so the uh, first thing that that when I'm relating to someone is helping them understand that that, that we live Christ Christ. 24-7, we're an example to others, whatever we're doing. And so we need to model it. We need to include God in every decision we make. What's that look like? Uh, yeah, so it, it's the Christian life is so much more than going to church on Sunday morning or the, or the weekend and maybe be a part of a Bible study possibly and maybe even turn on Christian radio once in a while. It's so much more than that. And you brought your sidekick in here, Robert. Um, Robert, so when you hear living out your Christian faith in in twenty four seven, but in in our context, you know, as workers, as guys who go get up in the morning, go to work, what does that mean to you? Well, I'd always been confused by the the phrase full time Christian service <laughs> uh, because when I, I was saved at. Uh, 16 or 15, 16 years old, and I, I worked in a warehouse that my dad owned, and I'd listen to Chuck Swindoll and and uh, several others that lined up right behind him on the radio. And I quickly got an understanding that life was about stewardship. Life was about um, just responding to, I was bought with a price, therefore I owe him everything. And so that was, even though I didn't like when my dad stopped by the warehouse and said, what are you doing? at 15 years old, I knew that I was not just working for him, I was working for the Lord. And so whatever I did, if I was sweeping things up, if I was sorting parts, whatever I was doing was as unto the Lord because it was. I was stewarding the things, the place where I was um, every day, every hour. And, and now you are? Second generation business owner of that business. And carrying that on, and and trying to take that business, um, and use it for the glory of God. Uh, certainly, I'm in business with my brother. We're fifty-fifty uh, partners, uh, brothers, and so uh, that certainly has its own challenges. Family business does, uh, but what you find out in business, whether you're an owner or just work in a regular business, secular business setting is the relationships you have, the, the encounters and interactions you have with people are just real. The, the stress is on. The, the, the things are happening. Uh, it's real time. And I don't want to make little of the relationships we have at church, but we can be slightly different selves when we're at church, when we're in a small group. We're in that setting, and we have to work to be vulnerable. But in a work setting – Vulnerable out the window. I mean, vulnerable is all you've got. That's that's who you are. You don't. The stress is too high to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you walk into church and you you go, you know, fifty times a year, and you walk in, and you know, most of that time you're many times just listening to the sermon and you know, engaged or whatever. But that's you know, as Chad said, fifty hours a, a year. And now, but we're talking if you're working forty hours, sometimes most of us are working more than that. Um, we're talking a couple thousand hours compared to you know fifty hours, and and what you're describing is hey, we got to be real, 
and uh, this this Christian life thing has has got to flow out of uh, in our workplace. Certainly, I, th- I think in a work setting we we don't we don't take time to put on a fa- we don't have time to put on a facade to to do that. You can do that for a few minutes at a time. And as a business owner, I try to remember to smile when I'm going down the hallway and engaging with people because you want to be encouraging. Well, the same thing at church. When you go and you connect, uh, I'm an elder at our church. It's a small church, but elder at our church. I do some part-time worship leading, and you want to be encouraging for their benefit. But sometimes it takes a little more work to do that, and you're not your regular self. But again, in those 2,000, 2,200 2,500 hours that we put into our work, uh, we're connecting not just with employees that we're responsible for, but vendors and suppliers. And uh, I, I spend my time with contracts and spreadsheets and those kind of things. But the the words and the uh, the impact that those have are real. And so they've got to look like, you know, I, I don't know how you make a contract look like the fruit of the spirit, but we we try to do that. You be generous when you can. You you try not to. Oh, it's like grace and the law. We we try to build relationships in our workplace so that we don't have to get down to the contract. We try to stay above a contract and operate uh, at a relationship level, because when things go wrong, you have to go down to the contract. Well, that is a great observation. Considering somebody, I'm in real estate as a profession, yes. and the contract is the law when you're talking about buying and selling a house. And it, and what you just said was, that's not the norm really, is trying to stay above the law, or above the contract. Yeah, yeah. We always say, let's get right down to the contract. The contract says you can or cannot do this. You're saying your work should be so, a level so high that we don't even have to look south down to that contract. Exactly. We should be operating at a level of, wow, we don't technically even need it, even though you gotta have one, I understand sure. that. That's pretty uh, pretty law. I don't think many people see the 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 world that way from a business model. You guys are reminding me. My dad's visiting today. Is sitting in the studio, and my dad just you know on the farm. You just shake hands. Yeah. You look the guy in the eye. You shake hands. You said, "Are we are we good?" So we're gonna take a break and come back and talk for the next few three more segments about. So okay, that's great. Just keeping your nose clean. Pagans can do that. Right? I mean, everyone just expects, don't lie to me and don't steal from me. How do we take this idea of the kingdom even further in our workplace? So we're going to take a break, come back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show who enabled us to be on air and also to have this in podcast form, which if you miss any part of it and you want to pick up the rest of it, you can go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or you can go to our Facebook page and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you will see uh, all of that in its entirety commercial-free. Thanks to our great sponsors like Ellen and Credit Union. They've been in the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades and they are a go-to place for your personal business, you name it, checking, loans, LNN Credit Union, Vision First, I Care, 11 different cities, six in Louisville alone. And they uh, they have, uh, if you need your eyes taken care of, Vision First, I Care is the folks to take care of that. And then Frank Enterprises, if you need any type of septic tank issues, landscaping, and wa- waste water management, Frank Enterprises will take care of you. So, uh, Bruce, you mentioned, I-, I love what you said in the first segment, that you know we are Christians, I mean, 24-7, not just 
when we go to church, not just when we are in Bible study. And uh, so I wanted to talk to you guys about as, especially you, Robert, as a business owner, and, and from you, Bruce, as well, because you you work alongside other folks who lead businesses, who own businesses, and how to help them live out the Christian faith as they go to work, those 2,000 hours a year, 2,500 hours plus sometimes a year. Um, how, how, what, what's your encouragement? Talk to some guys uh, who own businesses, whether it be small, medium, or large. Um, how do you live that out in the Christian faith? Uh, probably the first thing to think about is that you you can't do it on your own, that everything belongs to God. And so even as you own a business, you're ultimately simply a steward of that business. So a perspective of like, this is, I mean, this is mine to steward, this is mine to operate, but this isn't mine. Right. Okay. And it will end up in somebody else's hands eventually. And even, and it's tougher for those who have started it from scratch but you didn't start it from scratch. God gave you the capabilities. He he connected you with people. He brought about resource. He gave you the intelligence, uh, all of those things. And so it's just a matter of, again, where we're just responding to um, the, the great work of salvation in our lives and stewarding what he's put in our hands. That's So, so first thing is, hey, guys, remember, this is not yours to keep. Yeah. What, what, what else would you tell business owners, guys who are leading their companies, and uh, how to live out the Christian faith? Well, then the next thing is that these, these are not my employees. I have a responsibility, certainly, in the same way that uh, you have to your family, essentially. So they've, they've signed up with you, whatever the arrangement is, but, and you're compensating them, trading for time. But trading for a lot of time, we just talked about it's 2,000 plus hours a year you're spending together, investing in one another. And so, yes, we've we've got to create the environment that makes that work best for the – meet the goals in the business, the the goals of everybody ultimately. And our desire ultimately is that the the greatest goal they would have is to walk with Jesus. So uh, to to get them from just doing an accounting work or – project management or building a facility to also walking with Jesus is it's really our ultimate goal. So when you get up in the morning, Robert, and you are leading your company, um, you're going with a mindset of how, how can I help these employees carry out our mission, carry out our vision. And yet at the same time, how do, how can I encourage them to lean into a spiritual life of, of faith, ultimately, of faith and obedience to the Lord Jesus. Right. And, and on the very best days, that's what it is. There are some days when you just want to make sure that you don't do anything that keeps them from not believing. Uh, you, you just don't want to shred your witness. Uh, now I got, I got a question on yeah. that. I've had to apologize to my clients and I literally said, this is why I need a savior because the way I talk to you. Exactly. Because there are moments, because if this idea is I have to be perfect for them to come to Jesus, they're in trouble, right? So the norm should be fruitful life. But talk about it for a second 
to the business owner who goes, man, I blew that. And maybe not blew it completely, but in a way they didn't, they could have done it better. Talk yeah. about to the business owner from that standpoint. Right. That happens almost every week. <laughs> Again, we can't do it on our own. We don't know all the answers and we've never done this before, probably. So uh, we, we build uh, unique facilities. We uh, build the rooms that go around MRIs and CTs and linear accelerators. And so it's uh, healthcare facilities. We know two are alike. They're all different. Every scenario is different. And so every approach is different. Uh, we also have a, a multiplicity of types of people that work for us that we've got to satisfy. And so you can step on a toe, make a wrong decision. Um, the biggest one is, is taking people for granted. We're all in this. We're all working hard. And uh, our people act a little more like owners probably than the typical employment setting. Uh, we call them team members because that's how we operate. But we often take them for granted. And so uh, regularly we have to apologize for doing that well, okay, because they'll just, go over and above. So, so how do you do that? How, how do you apologize and how do you let them know that you've been taking them for granted? What does that look like? Sometimes, well, more recently we've been able to do it in a group setting because we have Zoom meetings every two weeks. Uh, we've got people all over the country. There's 29 of us, and we're uh, all over there, mostly the eastern half of the United States doing this work. And so we've been able to bring people together. And so we've been able to get in front of, face-to-face -face with each of us and do some of that. And so, we, of course, we get together, and we want to talk about encouraging things and wins and good things. But at the same time, about two or three times, certainly in the last year, since in this last season, uh, we've had to apologize for – uh, policy, making policy that didn't work, uh, making policy changes we should have never made, uh, just various things that affect, could affect benefits, could affect, certainly affects their life or lifestyle. Um, and so we've just got to say, we're sorry. Hey, We're going to so, make this change. Hey, folks, we, we made some decisions uh, about six months ago, uh, 10 months ago, and we we really pulled the trigger on some things, and they were wrong, and we're really, really sorry and how do they respond to that? Uh, usually pretty well, but as a business owner, you don't always know. You really don't. And so you've got, that's, you've got to trust that you've done the right thing. Uh, and so that's why it's so important to really do it from your heart. That's, you're not just saying words, but if, it, if they can tell that it's come from your heart, that it's genuine, that it's authentic, then you worry less about whether they receive it well. Well, Bruce, when you when you're working with other, you know, coaching other business owners, um, what what are your thoughts in this area? But well, the, going back to that twenty four seven, that one of the things that we that I stress a lot with individuals, and it applies to the owner and the employee, is when we can bring God into the present, our issues are greatly simplified. And so whenever we are facing a heavy, difficult decision, if you think of it eternally instead of today, next week, next year, it gets a lot simpler. And so that sense of bringing eternity into today just simplifies life. And it's one of the Christian advantages that we talk about frequently of letting God guide our decisions wherever we are and just make them simple. Yeah, the other thing that, that I like to 
share in that line is, you know, the uh, Henry Blackaby experiencing God. And what's the first step of that? Well, the first step is to recognize and to acknowledge God's always at work. And one of the things in our groups that is the advantages of meeting regularly with other Christians in business are in life is uh, to notice what God's doing and to help each other to see God at work around them and then encouraging one another to join God at work. And, and so how do, you, how do you bring all of that 24-7 that there's no separation? God's in the middle of everything. 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 And I, I love what you were saying, Robert, about, you know, when, we, when, we do, when you do blow it, whether it's the wrong policy or, or, or whatever decisions have been made that are wrong, even God's in the middle of that and, and wants to be the Lord of that. And, and, and then, the, I mean, that's where Scripture teaches us, you know, humble yourselves, therefore, uh, before others and before God. And when we humble ourselves, acknowledge our uh, maybe a, a poor decision or something that wasn't the best decision, um, somehow, many times, not always, but many times, God blesses that. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. So I remember hearing Dallas Willard, he was a philosophy uh, professor at USC, and he said he would always ask his class, he said, what's the purpose of business? And there would always be a business major, you know, want to raise their hand. And at some point, the word profit comes up. And he said his response is always, is that what you tell your customers? And then all of a sudden, they're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, because now if you're talking with someone across the table and, and and my main objective with you is to make sure I make a profit on you. Yeah. Well, that now you got a problem. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about what about working with customers? Now we've, t- we've been talking about maybe the infrastructure. What about customers, people who we deal with in business? So we're going to take a break, come back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We've got some great businesses who are sponsors of our show. That's a segue. Pretty nice job. Every now and then I get a good one. But uh, (laughs) Bright Star Home Care, they are an organization that if you have a loved one who needs in-home care, whether it's one day a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care can take care of you and do that. They're a lovely bunch of people who really care for um, their customers. Uh, Dan Hart Financial, if you know anyone or you yourself want to talk about what does a uh, kingdom retirement look like, not just how can I be sitting on a beach, which may be part of it, and that's great, but what can I do to really be a good steward of what God has given me? Dan Hart Financial can can take care of you on that end of it. Southern Smoke Catering, that's southernsmokecatering.com. They are an award-winning catering-only barbecue organization, and uh, Chris and his crew make some of the best food you're ever going to taste. And also, we want to thank our a, a new sponsor who is we are in right now the studios of Louisville Podcast Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. Podloo.com, that's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. Chip and his crew, this is an absolute state-of-the-art, as good of a setup as you'll have. If you want to do a podcast for your company organization, contact Podloo.com. So, Robert, we talked about um, how do we, you know, how do, how do you as a business owner, you know, shepherd and, and you know, 
just be the kind of leader you need to be with your employees. Let's talk a little bit about your customers. I was hoping we were going to talk more about barbecue, actually. <laughs> and so it I, is our favorite barbecue. I, I'm gonna, I understand. I'm going to bring that back in. It's uh, We're in the design and construction business, and everything we do is via a contract. Literally, everything's written down, and we set expectations that way. But the barbecue place does the same thing. They they are advertising that they are the premier whatever they are, uh, delivering that, that catering. And so it sets an expectation for every time you you believe you're going to experience the same thing. And so uh, that, that's our job as good business people. But as Christian business people, we have to pay particular attention to delivering what they expect. As soon as they we miss an expectation, then we've got to figure out how to fix that, not just to make sure they come back for the reason of making money or not talk about us poorly so that we don't get other customers, but just because it's the right thing to do, you just make it right. And so reconciliation with customers is critical if we're going to do business as Christians. What do you, uh, maybe just talk real briefly about uh, taking the loss so that you're, you honor your word and you, you don't, destroy the relationship. Yes, we've, we've done that before. We had a, Our most recent situation was an insurance claim where uh, a contractor came in and uh, unscrewed a pipe that they shouldn't. It was after our job was done, and it flooded the, uh, the, the room where the, the heavy equipment was. Thankfully, it, it only hit the computer that was proprietary, and it only cost about $300,000 instead of $3 million. And so in that situation, really, that contractor, which we weren't in control of, should have filed the claim. But we were still technically in charge of that room and hadn't turned it over. And so we called our insurance company and we said, we have to own this. And so we, we did that. And so, yeah, the insurance company paid it out. But we, we took the hit there uh, filing that claim. So we're, we're protected so that we can stay in business but we've got to take those actions when it's necessary because we want to make sure that customer knew that we're there, we're there for them. We're not going to complicate things or slow things down. They were back up and running in 48 hours. I want to change gears here just a little bit. Uh, uh, I want to introduce Daryl Davis. Daryl, you guys are going to be speaking in part of a conference coming up, um, Christian ministry and uh, the combination of how do we as Folks in the business world, you are in the ministry world, um, came out of prison after 22 and a half years, right? Don't forget that half year. Correct. Is that right? It is relevant. And um, <laughs> uh, and God has just graciously allowed you coming out of prison. Now, for how many years you've been leading uh, the Prisoner's Hope? Uh, right at eight years, Kurt. It's been eight years. Already. Eight years. And one of the things that you do is helping guys come out of prison. And that's one of the things you're, I'm, I'm kind of assuming a little bit, you're going to be talking about that at the conference. But uh, you will um, help these men coming out of prison connect them to business folks and guys in the work world. Talk about that just a little bit. That's correct. So if anyone needs grace and understands grace, it's us. Um, why did I say that? Because uh, we network with a lot of business owners, especially here in J-Town where we're 
uh, God has saw fit to plant us as a ministry office. And so we have gone into many businesses and, and um, as a forerunner and, and talked about how we vet our people, the importance of, of um, putting our people into places of employment. And um, so the lens, it's, it's all about the lens, and I'll explain that in a second. I find it interesting when I get into a business owner's uh, presence who's very secular and probably not Christian, how um, it's about judicial um, punitive measures. So those those business owners, I've heard this many times, hey, Mr. Davis, I appreciate your pitch here, but I put my tax dollars in the coffer to lock these guys up, not to get them out. Thank you. Whereas on the other side of that coin, I've been in many Christian businessmen's uh, presence, and we've talked about, hey, would you be interested in hiring some guys that's been vetted well, who have vocational uh, backgrounds, who have uh, walked alongside of us at least two years? Would you be interested in putting them into a place of employment? And I've seen that grace take place. I've seen that door open, and uh, I've seen the retention good. I've seen relationships grow and flourish. And so, yeah, the grace is there. I understand that. It's a huge hurdle when you're talking about somebody coming out of prison. Hey, what's what have they been there for? Are they going to are they a liability to my company? I understand all that conversation, but um, we still, as Christians, uh, we I think we owe each other love. I think I read that somewhere, and grace. <laughs> it you know it, it reminds me in some ways of the book of Philemon, where where Paul is exhorting um, uh, the owner the the, the of, of this slave, and he says, "You go back and you." Uh, Basically, he wants him to apologize, and but he, but more than that, he wants Philemon to embrace Onesimus and say, "Hey, I want you to work again for me. I want you to. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to give you another chance." And and then in in some senses, that's uh, similar to what you are asking business owners to hire and to employ guys who are coming out of prison. Yeah, that's correct. And that's a, uh, that's a beautiful thing. What are some other challenges in, in helping business owners understand and helping them to kind of transition um, to having um, uh, guys that are coming out of prison to be employed? Well, I think it's important to let them know that we have vetted our people well, that we begin our work two years prior to the release so that we have high requisites while those guys or, and women are there that we have indeed uh, satisfied, fulfilled all of our requisites before they walked out the door, and um, that we're willing as a ministry to put our name on the line for this person and say to them, hey, if you'll give us this grace, if you'll open this door for this employee, um, I, I believe that they'll do you well. And it's interesting too, Kurt, that we get emails quite often from those company owners, um, quite often saying, hey, do you have anybody that you can send to us? It's been really good. As a business owner, Robert, when you hear that, what what goes through your mind? It's exciting to me because they've been not just qualifying, but prepping and discipling people, getting them ready for, intentionally getting ready for that type of work. And to demonstrate that they could not just have the capability to do the work, but have a level of trustworthiness that they're conscious of. Well, you know what I love, Daryl, is... You are interested in these guys' souls, their salvation, their trust and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you also want them to learn how to work and to be prepared to work and to give a good effort and to be good employees. We really do. We try to pour in, um, you know, we are Christ-centered ministry, and so that's that's the most important thing. But I, I believe that also trying to meet some of their other needs is just as, uh, it's very important as well. 
trying to uh, uh, get our people where they need to be. We assign a mentor to each one of our mentees that walks closely aside, aside them uh, throughout that duration of time. And um, when our people walk out, they're pretty, pretty disciplined, pretty well, pretty strong. Um, but you said a word, Kurt, that's interesting to me. You talked about qualified. And so that kind of triggered an idea, a concept in my mind. Um, a lot of companies uh, disqualify our people before they ever get a chance to, to, you know, and that's what grace really is. I know we're all disqualified, but grace gives us the ability and opportunity, you know, to show that. That's good. So we're going to take a break, our final break, come back for our fourth and final segment. And you heard earlier in the last couple of segments, uh, Bruce Zoller, who is on here and he's going to step back into the mic. We're going to talk more about, he's got a conference coming up that he is spearheaded that really talks about what Robert's been talking about. What does this mean to, to take our our faith, not just at a bare minimum, but to rise it up to a level that is above and beyond that really what we're capable of doing. So we're going to talk more about that conference coming up. Daryl's going to be speaking at that conference coming up. And uh, we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. So please join us for our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. We've got great sponsors, Iroquois Family Dental. They're a local dental office that has two locations in the Louisville area. Eric Veal and his team will take care of you and your teeth. Southeast Outlook, they've been talking about the stories that God has been writing for over 20 years in publication. We want to thank them for sponsoring our show. And then Veritech Generator, uh, if you need a generator for your home or business and you need to have backup, Veritech Generator can take care of a new generator or your existing one. And uh, we, we were talking about past couple of segments about uh, about the, the Christian Advantage, which is an organization which Bruce is, uh, is, is the uh, head of, and we're talking about a, a special conference coming up. And I can't wait to hear in this segment, we're going to hear some details about what that uh, conference entails. Yeah, because Chad, you know, I think it's our passion um, that we have tried to emphasize on this show numerous times that all of us who are named the name of Christ as Christians, as Christ followers, there is no difference between preachers and secular. We are all kingdom workers. We are all in the business of glorifying the Lord Jesus. And uh, yeah, the, the what you mentioned earlier, the vocational ministry and versus secular, I mean, it just um, messes everything up. And I think that's a heartbeat of yours. Bruce? Well, it is the sacred secular divide, if you would, that uh, should not be there. And I'm not sure how it got into our society over the last 100, 200 years, it's, uh, but it wasn't there when the Puritans came, and that they saw their work as their worship, and somehow that, that's been lost. And so bringing God into work, bringing him into everything that we do is a big part of the heartbeat. Yeah, the, um, <clears throat> if I could segue just a minute, uh, digress a little bit, but part of the problems in our country, I believe today, is because the sin of omission. And last fall, I got, con- I got convicted um, of the sin of omission that the moral decay in America happened on my watch. And I never owned that until last fall. And so uh, decided, or God orchestrated for me to be the keynote speaker and speak on that. And, and my passion this year is increasingly this boldness for Christ. Christians need to be bold in a respectful way 
to bring God into the forefront of our society in every way. And, uh, and, to, and to do it with winsomeness, with mercy, with grace, but with power and with truth. So, so Bruce, let me, let me ask you this. In the, in the context of what we've been talking about the last three segments, what, what is your passion as a, a coach of business leaders? Talk about your passion and why you're, you're, you do these conferences that you've been doing for the last um, five years. Now going yeah, into yeah. this is our sixth conference that we've, that we've done. And, and how do we inspire um, individuals in the workplace to be strategic and intentional to bring Christ into every decision they make? And part of that is to uh, help them connect with ministry opportunities. Uh, I remember at our very first conference, we had uh, four or five ministry opportunities that we presented and and we'll have uh, 25, 30 exhibitors, nonprofits exhibitors at our conferences. And, and how often the businesses say, oh, I didn't know that existed. And, uh, you know, whether it's a prison ministry where they can recruit employees from, whether it's a rehab center, they can send um, employees who've um, – gotten sidetracked, if you would, in some area of life. Uh, but uh, it was a, a ministry opportunity for them to encourage their employees to be involved in. But uh, Daryl's uh, he's going to be one of the speakers, presenters, uh, with Barry Brock at our conference. And, uh, and, and it's just a, a good example of a business and ministry co-laboring together uh, for greater things uh, strategically for God. And what and Daryl, what are you going to talk about? We have prayed for some years about transitional living. It's, it's a huge need for us as a ministry. And so uh, I did my presentation at the Christian Advantage this past year, and Barry uh, was a part of my TCA group. And um, Barry and a few of those guys at the table came, became very interested in what we're doing, and uh, Barry is kind of spearheading that. And we're, we're getting some traction. We're doing a great thing. And so we're going to do a breakout session on that and kind of reveal that vision. That's awesome. Bruce, uh, what else do you have, uh, you know, themes and subjects at the conference? Uh, the, uh, one of the themes is um, business and government and how should businesses uh, be involved or sensitive to things in government, uh, business and generosity. Uh, how can you use... Uh, the business to be generous, and it's not just a dollar and cent, but you can be generous with uh, employee time, for example, uh, of having a, uh, an employee serve on a board of a nonprofit or to be a super volunteer in, a, in some fashion. Uh, but how do you um, get your employees involved in ministry through the business. And so that's going to be another one of the uh, uh, segments that we have. I love how, you th- how you're thinking. I love how your, your heart is coming out of, of making a, you know, just a difference in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
Well, well, it's all for the glory of God. And and what most people seem to set aside is that uh, well, yeah, there, there's this compartmentalization, but there is none for the Christian who sold out to God. And everything's for his glory. And so at the end of the day, if it's not for God's glory, it's not going to have any merit. And so if we bring God's purpose again into the daily grind, it's, it really is no longer a daily grind. It's a joyful experience. You know, even if you have to let somebody go or something, you're helping them face the reality of the junk they've created for themselves, maybe, or something. Yeah, and so whether you're a plumber or an electrician or you work for Humana or whether you have a business or you're in uh, helping prisoners come out of you know, prison or whether you're uh, manufacturing and helping with health health care needs or you're a doctor or an attorney, does it, or my dad's here, or, or a farmer, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. God calls us to whatever we do, do all for the glory of God. Uh, Bruce, what are the specifics on this conference and how can somebody sign up to attend it? The easiest way is probably the christianadvantage.com is the website. And, and when you go to uh, that website, the, uh, there's a button there to take you right to the conference sign up and that uh, ministry or businessministryinitiatives.org uh, maybe a little more difficult to remember. TheChristianAdvantage.com. Correct. TheChristianAdvantage.com. That's good. Well, uh, Bruce, thank you for coming in. Daryl, thank you. Robert, so grateful for you guys and coming in and sharing your hearts. And our time has flown by, but I'm really, really grateful for you guys. Thank you. Good Can I say you. one more thing real quickly, Kurt? Yeah, sure, Daryl. So Bruce has no idea when to say this, and you probably don't know this as well. But Bruce was a personal coach that helped us get our 501c3 in place way back when, and he has been a personal coach. We've been a part of TCA all these years, and, and he's been very responsible for moving the needle in this ministry. And so I just want to say thank you, Bruce. That's awesome. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Uh, you know what? We were going to have uh, Daryl pray, but um, I'm going to pray really shortly here, and then we're going to close up. Uh, Lord God, thank you for these guys. Thank you for their hearts for you. I pray your blessing on what they are doing for the glory of Jesus Christ, and we pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. So if you ask somebody, what was the Apostle Paul, the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, what was his job? And a lot of people would say, well, he was a preacher and a pastor, but what would he do for a living? And many people were like, Paul was a tent maker. He made tents. And Jesus was a carpenter. He made things out of wood. Your skill, your job, whatever you do to make a living is one of the things that you hang your identity on. But the number one thing is that of walking with Jesus. So uh, we just pray that this has been a blessing to you. And we thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.